0: Praise the Lord, my lords, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Amen, Sr. Pastor Ransom. I need to go live on air. You are live on air, please, my lords, please. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, blessed people, uh, I needed to continue this conversation that we had uh, the other night at about 4 a.m. in the morning when uh, I came to you that the Lord has spoken with me about the glorious coming of the Messiah. And uh, we saw very clearly in that conversation that uh, these announcements, these constant announcements the Lord Jehovah is bringing to you as a church regarding the glorious coming of the Messiah, that this persistent reminder that the Lord Yahweh is bringing, um, to you people, to the nations of the earth, to mankind, about uh, the glorious coming of the King, the Messiah, the the return of Jesus of Nazareth to take the glorious church, the holy church, the righteous church, the mature church, the church without wrinkle, the church without spot or stain, that uh, these persistent and consistent and relentless, continuous reminders are essentially meant to activate in you as a person tuned in listening to me, you as a believer, a Christian believer, or a church, you as the residents of this earth, the fact that it is very, very important to prepare, to prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And uh, what has come out very clearly in that announcement that I made at about uh, 4 a.m. in the morning and with uh, the relevant requisite preparations that the Lord laid before you that is needed at this hour, in that announcement you see it very clear that the Lord is saying that uh, the way I say it and I say it here today again, that after listening to the announcement on the coming of the Messiah, the way you live your life on this earth matters very much, and uh, that if you believe the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, then uh, he says, your ways have to change, you have to make amends, you have to start reorganizing your spiritual life, you have to receive Jesus, and prepare in earnest for the coming of the Messiah. And I used a benchmark scripture. I used a reference scripture that in the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, but I was able to stretch it for you again by reclining to Luke 16, verse 14, where he said that everybody has heard, even the Pharisees heard, and the Sadducees heard. Everybody has heard the truth. And so you saw that uh, then the case that was laid before the Lord, that it was matter of choice. It was a matter of choice then for those who refused to live according to the instruction of the Lord. Lazarus and the rich man and those that chose to live and obey the instruction of the Lord. And we saw very clearly But when such an announcement has been made, and I've made several announcements, it's not the first time I'm announcing to the nations of the earth that the Messiah is coming. I have announced the glorious stairs that I prophesied until they were lowered into the sky. Can you imagine how much the Lord is soliciting for your souls? The Lord is longing so much that you really, really prepare well and enter His kingdom. This is because He knows very well that uh, when the day of the rapture does take place, or when you die, even when you die before the rapture, then those events are irretrievable, they are irreversible. He says, when you die before the rapture, it is totally irreversible. There is no way you can say, oh, look now, give me another chance. I'll do it better. I'll go and prepare. That was the most important message that came there, that even when the rapture does take place, it is totally irreversible and irretrievable. These are some of the most important uh, benchmarks that came out of that conversation that I had with you. And I said, it is very shocking for one to be prophesied in the Bible that one will come, that will prepare the nations for the glorious coming of the Messiah. The book of Malachi chapter 3 talks about him. Malachi chapter 4 talks about him. The book of Zechariah talks about him. Revelation chapter 11 talks about him. And then suddenly he appears. And when he appears, he begins to announce the glorious coming of the Messiah and to set forth, set forth before the generation that you need to prepare. their are standards, for are benchmarks for heaven. That you need to receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that then you need to receive the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in, in complete immersion in water. And also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then he begins to say that then you need to sustain a holy Christian life. And do the great commission of the Lord. And complete all righteousness. I say it's a wonder that the Bible can promise somebody, and then all of a sudden that person appears. And among the works, the ministrations of that person, and then you realize there are two. Suddenly there are two. One is in the spiritual form, always constantly in the background, and then one in the physical realm. And then in the process of the administration, command the stairs of heaven to be lowered. And God lowers those stairs, and he says in that prophecy that he saw the church climbing up the stairs and entering heaven. And then, and he saw the two-stage part of that uh, event of entry to heaven when the church is taken up. And then as she's going up, the big cloud that you saw came to visit me in Kisumu, the one I called down from heaven, from the throne of God, Jehovah Yahweh, my friend. And so when he comes, All of a sudden, the second stage of that rapture is that that cloud appears, and then when they are moving close to the cloud about to enter in the sky, then the cloud opens and glorious stairs appear, and the church enters heaven. All of a sudden, that person that was promised in the Bible comes and ministers in that form, in that way, to a living generation. And they enter, the church enters, and the cloud closes into heaven, and lifts and disappears into heaven with them. It is very shocking that one can come then promise in the Bible, Malachi three, Malachi four, and Zechariah, uh, Revelation eleven, uh, Revelation twelve, Revelation thirteen. And then he appears and he now prophesies the glorious stairs of heaven, which is part of part of the cascade for the entry of the church. And then God lowers the stairs and mortal men, mortal men are able to see with their mortal eyes and even record the stairs, the glorious stairs of eternity, of everlasting life, and then post them on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, what? I thought that is one of the greatest wonders of this age, that now a generation can really lay their eyes, their eyes onto everlasting life, onto heaven, onto eternity. So God, you see, it essentially speaks about God longing beckoning, calling out a generation please prepare please prepare, come and enter prepare to enter please come into heaven and I say it there is no better scripture at which the warnings that I ingrained, entailed encompassed in this announcement are laid to bear than the scripture of Luke chapter 16 verses now we say 14 but 19 to 31 and that is the conversation I want to continue advancing and we saw that day that the Lord is essentially saying that the way you live your life on the earth here is very very crucial this earth is not a a honeymoon or a vacation center it's not the end of it all it says the way you live your earth here goes a long way to determine how you live your life in eternity when life On this world, on this earth, your life comes to an end. And he says, therefore, he's calling upon men to rethink their way, how they're living their lives on the earth. And the Lord said that in that conversation of Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus covered with wounds. Lazarus was sick. You see that he was sick. he, he sick. He, He was not feeling well. He had wounds all over and then the rich man living in affluence and plenty and surplus and luxury. So you, the Lord presents those two lives. Jesus presents those two lives, that one lives the way Lazarus lived, and the other lives the way the rich man lived. And then when eternity comes, they end up in two different destinations. Their destinies are totally different. Lazarus, when he died. He goes straight into heaven. Abraham's bosom is received by Abraham. And you see very clearly that we've read before. We've read before in the book of Matthew, as the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks very clearly in the book of Matthew, as we've read before. And I open it now here. I'm reading Uh, Matthew chapter 8, and it says, uh, yes, Matthew chapter 8, the faith of the centurion, and it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. You wonder what type of paralysis is this that causes this tremendous pain? As in almost to die, Jesus said to him, "Shall I come and heal him?" The centurion replied, "Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof." The other versions it says, "I am not worthy that thou comest, that thou shouldest come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed." Look at that. So that this centurion, who is supposed to be a pagan, well perceived the authority of the Messiah, and he says. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. The the other one, come, and he cometh. And he comes. I say to myself, and do this, and do it, it," and he does it. Verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such faith. Now look at verse 11. I said to you that many will come from the east and from the west and they will take up their place at the feet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be out there in torment and suffering. So this is very powerful. He says that when people go into heaven, they will meet Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's what we see happening to Lazarus, the the poor man. eh? lazarus the, the, the man that was not enjoying on the earth here he was not feeling well he had wounds and who were leaking the poor man leaking his wounds he goes to abraham's bosom abraham's side where the rich man he goes to hell and we saw very clearly that the lord is saying that they, they lived two lives lazarus and the rich man lived two lives and they ended up in two different destinations Lazarus ended up in heaven, and the rich man ended up in hell. And we saw very clearly that the Lord was essentially saying that, you know, the wealth you have, the wealth one has on this earth, cannot merit their salvation. And he says that wealth spoke in different ways than the attitude that they have on the earth. But today I want to continue advancing this conversation of the rich man and this very poor uh, Lazarus that is not feeling well, that has wounds, is sick, and living two different lives on the earth, two different destinations. But I don't know whether you realize that no matter the type of life you live on the earth, and I've said this again and again, and I've read for you scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 3, but have you realized that in this uh, entire conversation on how to prepare for the coming of the Messiah that I'm announcing today, I don't know if they realize that both, the Lazarus, both Lazarus and the rich man, no matter the life you live on this earth, they both die. They both have to die. Which means death is inevitable to both, to all. Death is absolutely inevitable to all of them. They both die. And so the Lord essentially is saying that nobody lives on the earth here forever. And if that be the case, then he is saying that uh, people have to prepare for their exit from this earth. The life on this earth is temporary. Life on this earth is not permanent. But nobody lives on the earth forever. Both Lazarus, no matter the lifestyle, the kind of life you live, you have to die one day. And the book of Ecclesiastes chapter eleven, verse three says, If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, the place where it falls, there it will lie forever. So the Lord is saying that he is using that scripture to make you understand that death is absolutely inevitable, blessed people. That is the message coming from there. But death does fail man. Everyone will be failed by death. Death will fail you, tuned in, facing me, fail anybody and everybody else. That's what the Lord is saying here. Because you see, both of them die. Both Lazarus and the poor man die. So meaning, no matter the kind of lifestyle or life you live on the earth, you must die. One day it must come to an end, he says. And you see in that conversation, you see that, 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 that the time came when the beggar died. I'm reading verse 22, verse 22 of Luke 16. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died. Look at that. And was buried. Verse 23, in hell, where he was in torment. He looked up. Meaning, he woke up, he was shocked suddenly, opened his eyes suddenly, and saw so Abraham far away with Lazarus on his side, at his side. Meaning, when one is in hell, they're going to be have to, to the capacity to be able to see those in heaven enjoying their life, mm-hmm. enjoying peace, enjoying fellowship with God. That will really aggravate their torment in hell. Because you might be able to see, he was able to identify Lazarus. He was able to identify Abraham, meaning those who will be in hell. First of all, it does mean the Lord Jesus is saying, it means that Jesus is saying that hell and heaven are real places. There is a real place called hell where people will go. And there is a real place, reality, real place called heaven. Where the God fearing, those who have listened to the instruction and the announcement of the coming of the Messiah and changed their ways and made a man and loved Christ and become holy and righteous, where they will stay. A real place called heaven and a real place called hell. But the other thing, the other revelation we find about hell and heaven in this scripture that Jesus brings to your notice is the fact that those who are in the hell are able to see those in heaven and identify them. Meaning you are able to see some of your friends, some of your colleagues, some of the people you knew on this earth who loved the Lord, who were going to Bible fellowship when you are busy going to sexual immorality in that university. Hmm? Those who remained in that office reading the Bible say, no, can we go for lunch? Say, said, no, 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 I'll just remain here reading my Bible today. You know? yeah, my boyfriend is coming. Can we go for lunch? He can take us for lunch. Uh, so no, 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 I don't want to be part of that. I just want to read my Bible here at 2 p.m. when you come back. you find me here. Uh, I carried my lunch. I, boiled, I, I took the leftovers yesterday's dinner at home. I packed. I was... There are some of these people that chose the ways of God. People that you knew. You will be able to see from hell. They will be able to see heaven and what's going on in heaven. That's amazing, blessed people. Especially considering that there will be torment in hell. And he says even those in heaven will be able to see those in hell. This is what the Lord is bringing to your attention, to be able to activate you, to reawaken in you, to be able to um, to, to, to shake you, to revive you into the need for preparing well for eternity and that in that preparation you may choose to prepare for heaven. And it's amazing also that people in heaven will be able to talk to those in hell. And people in hell will be able to talk to those in heaven. There will be a kind of a communication, though there will be a rift, a chasm, a separation that the Lord has eternally placed between heaven and hell. So there's so much in this scripture here. That should really reawaken you and cause you to make a determination on to how to prepare for your eternity. Hmm? But you see that both, both the, the Lazarus and the rich man, they, they die. That is inevitable. That's one big thing, lesson, that the Lord Jesus wanted to underscore here. And I'll come back to you in the next five minutes again as we continue. This is a very powerful one. It's a mode of an extended conversation I want to have tonight. I know that there is a big celebration going on here at the head offices, but as the bishop, the senior bishops arrive, I know they are tuned in, they are gathered now, tuned in, and so forth. In the next five minutes, we take a short worship break. In the next five minutes, I'll be back and we'll extend this conversation. This is going to be a little longer today, this conversation tonight. Because I think the reality of hell And heaven that the Lord places in this scripture is what should really revive the earth. Revive all mankind, all souls, and cause you to choose to enter heaven, that we may humiliate Satan. That he may go to hell alone. Because remember, hell was meant for him and his angels, the demons. So I'll take a short break and come back in five minutes or less and proceed. But this is going to be a longer teaching today. The Lord bless you. Shalom.